Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to IndyCar Weekly. I am IndyStar Motorsports insider Jim Aiello, and I, of course, am joined by Connor Daly, Andretti Autosport Indy 500 driver, U.S. Air Force representative extraordinaire. And we are here to talk, uh, talk all things IndyCar. We, actually, we finally have a race to talk about. We went down to St. Pete. Um, we got a preview, a race to preview. We got a Coda coming up in a couple of weeks with a really cool, the IndyCar Classic. I, don't, I just love that name. I don't know why. And then um, we got a couple interesting topics to talk about today. Um, I think the, the people freaked out when Roger Penske said he wants to see all full-time drivers locked into the Indianapolis 500, full-time teams and cars. And Connor, I know you've got some strong opinions on that, so we're really looking forward to hearing that. <laughs> and then, oh yeah, then we'll answer some Twitter questions. So that's kind of the, the lay of the land for the day. Let's get back to the race. Connor, what do you think overall, overall impressions of St. Pete? Um, you know, I actually, I, I thought it was good. I, about halfway through, um, I had a couple people already telling me, oh, this is boring. And I was like, well, I didn't actually think so. I mean, I think when you, when you talk about racing in general, I mean, we look at, you know, NASCAR races or Formula One races. I mean, certainly Formula One, there really isn't anything that goes on unless you're really paying attention to the strategy. And then that can get exciting. And, and there were some strategy aspects to our race that was actually really interesting. I was on Alex's, uh, Alex Rossi's, um, box, you know, listening into Rob Edwards and the guys, you know, the whole time. And, um, you know, there was some, you know, obviously there was, there was people pitting really early on the first stint, um, you know, earlier than the window was opening, but you know, that's sometimes what you have to do, uh, in IndyCar to try and, you know, make some progress. Uh, you know, and I, and I talked to, you know, Marcus Erickson, uh, after the race and, and he was like, you know, he was really impressed that, you know, once, you know, the pitting early side, he pitted really early and then had a really fast stint, made up a lot of time and got a yellow and, and it actually worked for him. And, you know, obviously that doesn't happen in Formula One. So, yeah. um, you know, so he was really happy with the racing. I mean, he was, I, I mean, he didn't even finish and he was like, oh yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So, um, so that was good. And, and I think the, the Rosenquist stuff, uh, you know, was really good with willpower, uh, genuinely surprised willpower didn't defend it all. Uh, but that's, you know, I guess that, that that's the question for another day, <laughs> but, uh, but the, the Dixon move, um, I think it was on power, uh, in, in one, two, three. I mean, that was like just incredible. I mean, that, I mean, that itself should just be a highlight. I mean, that just incredible talents there. Um, so I, I thought there was a lot of cool stuff that was going on. Um, but I, I mean, I think we're all, I, so many of our fans are just so like, if, if it's not the, you know, most insane thing they've ever seen yeah. for the entire race, you know, people get a little upset, um, which I guess is okay. Cause you know, we always want the bet. We always want to be the best product on the weekend. Um, but I watched the NASCAR race and it wasn't that exciting. So I think we, we had a more, more exciting deal than, than, than certainly that that race um but uh but yeah i mean i uh, i i was impressed with joseph you know they were they started on used reds which is different it yeah. was a bit of a wild strategy no one thought the reds would last that well um but joseph made it work i think he um he definitely you know benefited from a few 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 bits of traffic there in the middle of the race 
Um, and by benefited, I mean that literally won him the race because everyone was so close. I mean, that in, in the end, all, all these guys in the top six were so close, specifically the top five. Uh, I mean, I, I was on Alex's, you know, Alex's box and on his stand, and and I mean, you know, those guys were working their butts off to try and you know strategically get in front, but you know, everyone was on the same pace. You know, no one was really pulling away, and no one was really you know close enough to make moves. So. Um, you know, that just means that all these guys are at such a high level and the teams are doing a great job. So Dick, you know, Joseph did the best job. Dixon, I think came back from a lot, you know, Felix, Felix, I think was a victim of, of the, the classic IndyCar, you know, strategy moves where you're coming out of the pits right at the same time of guys. And maybe there were some small things there, but he's going to learn. Obviously the guy's obviously an extremely good competitor. So an interesting race. I think there was a lot going on in the back that no one actually saw because that's usually how it works. That's but, how it works, yeah. Yeah, but there were guys moving up. There were different strategies working out. There were guys who were at the back the whole day and then all of a sudden ended up in the top 10. Jack Harvey had a really good race, I think. I think he was, he was, he was, he struggled on Reds in the middle, but I think, man, if, if he would have finished sixth, that would have been huge for that team. But still to be in the top 10 for Jack was, it was a great day. Um, so yeah, it was, it was an interesting, an interesting day. I think people need to give it more credit for than they than they did for what it was. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I'll play devil's advocate here and say, in terms of predictability, it was kind of what we expected, right? You got two Penske guys, two Andre, or uh, yeah, an Andretti guy, Ganassi guys, and then the um, the Schmidt Peterson. You get Hinch and then Harvey, which is you know they got that you know the Meyer Shank mm-hmm. thing teaming up with them. So you kind of had what you expected, which was the three <clears throat> power teams up front, and then you know Schmidt kind of trying to crack that top three with where so. I, I, I guess, like I said, in, t- in playing devil's advocate, I would say there wasn't a ton of action on track in terms of passing yeah, at the no, front, sure. which, which it's not, oh, that's not a bad thing. But my question going forward is, you, you, you did mention that all these guys are so close, there, uh, these, especially these top teams, that there isn't a lot of wiggle room. And, and this, the closer and closer that this series becomes to being kind of a spec series, I was wondering how much separation can teams get from each other, and will we see more of this, especially in the second year of a body kit? Yeah, how much will we see of this going, you know, throughout the rest of the season? Well, this is, you know, this is the second year of this of this kit, right? right. So it's it's so people are figuring it out. It's going to get closer and closer. Um, but honestly, I think the biggest surprises were, you know, the the Hunter Ray and Bourdais going out. I mean, that was like. You know, Bourdais obviously has won this race multiple times, and Hunter Ray has been so fast uh, all weekend long. Um, that was super unlucky. So I think those those two were the biggest surprises that really kind of made it easier on the top six guys. I think if you would have had those two guys still in the mix, um, it probably would have been a little bit closer, a little bit more exciting. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I, I I think it just depends on 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 the tire and and everything. But I I, I can't see it being super consistently. Um, you know, everyone separated by a second type of a thing. I just, I just don't see it. I think, you know, our racing is, 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 is still, you know, some of the best in the world. And I, I, I'm, I'm super optimistic all the time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see in Austin and we'll see, you know, as we continue to go, I'd say, I'd say we should ask ourselves that question again, you know, once we get to Indy, you know, how did, how did Austin go? How did Long Beach go? How did Barber go? Barber's always a tough race to race on and that track's not great for overtaking, but uh, but the Indy GP is always really good. So so I'm, I, let's ask that question in like four races. We you know we're all a little, you know we're all a little antsy after the first yeah, race. Yeah, a little trigger happy to be yeah. fair. I guess I don't want to spell out you know doom for the entire season or anything like that. Or I, that's not what I meant. And I did. I think there were things to enjoy. And I do. I'm happy you brought up Ryan Hunter Ray because that guy. Uh, I, I is he the most snake bitten driver in IndyCar at this point? I mean, man. That no, guy, that's me. That's. <laughs> 
But yeah, I mean, he that poor guy. I mean, he was so fast all weekend, really good in qualifying, uh, seemed to have a handle on it, and uh, and yeah, I mean, something totally out of his control. Uh, but that, but that's you know, racing. It's like, hey, these things can happen, and sadly, you know, when you're the victim of it, you just be like, yep. That's it. Now we're on to Austin. So I'm sure he'll be super motivated to get back to Austin and get going again. One story I know that was kind of, I don't know, I wouldn't say close to your heart, but one story that I wouldn't give you credit for is that you last, um, in our first podcast, you kind of talked about Dragon Speed. And I, I would say that Ben Hanley finishing 18th is about as good as they could have hoped for. I, I know it's mostly he just finished ahead of the cars that actually finished the race. Most of the other guys kind of yeah. went out with mechanical issues. But still, I mean, weren't too far off the pace. I, I think they did a pretty good job. And, and for a debut or for a debut, uh, for, yeah, just for a debut, I think it's not it's not too bad. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, honestly, you know, it's a real challenge. I've been with teams that have been building from, uh, you know, from from a low point and and have and sort of bringing in a lot of new people and and but they've already had the equipment. They're just you know new people, new structure, system, and all that stuff, and that was very hard. And this is literally none of the people I think had operated this equipment before. You know, it was all their WEC team, you know, WC engineer, um, and all that stuff, which is great because they're, you know, they obviously got it all together. Um, but it's just, it's so hard to go up against these guys. And I think after this weekend, they probably realize, you know, at what level this, this championship really is. Um, but yeah, but, but I mean, through the crazy situation in qualifying, I mean, it ends up starting yeah. in the top 12. Um, which is, you know, wild. Um, and he, you know, he sort of held his own for the first little bit there. He, I, I think they picked up some pace in the race, but, uh, but I know physically, I, I remember at the first yellow, I saw his hands already stretching like out outside the car. And I, and I know how difficult these cars are. Certainly the first race of the year too, when you haven't been in a race car for a while and they've only done one test day, essentially a shakedown. And these cars are really hard. I mean, Felix, Felix Rosenquist, I talked to him on, on Saturday night, um, and he was like, man, these cars are really hard to drive. Like He was like, dude, it is a, it is a battle. And, and it's so true. These cars are the most physically difficult race cars to drive on the planet, without a doubt. For the long distances that we do and for the G-forces that we do and, and for, all, for the speed that we're carrying. So I think – and I remember at the end of the race too, Ben – I, I mean, the guy, I love the guy. I think he's a really nice guy and I think he's super talented. Um, but even on the last lap, I mean, he was, he was backed off by the start finish line, <laughs> just kind of just getting it to the end. And, yeah. and that's all they needed to do though. It doesn't matter. Like they're, like no one expected them to be fight because they're not a full time team anyway. So it, they got a lot more laps than they had. And, uh, and yeah, and I think that's great. I think they're, you know, I, I almost wanted to go down to them in like session two and be like, Hey guys, I don't mind jumping in and see if we're on the technical Island. You know what I mean? I was like, I can give you a way to go or whatever. Cause I know it's hard. Like it's, it's hard to get in and find the right, you know, sort of technical way to go. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, you know, for, for them to make it all the way through with no technical, you know, issues or, or, uh, or big problems, I think that's great. I think you can be certainly happy with that. Yeah, as I say, it's something to monitor all season. I think this is probably where they're going to be most of the, I mean, in their, in their, I, oh man, I just lost four races, I think this year. Something like that. I think it's yeah, four yeah, races yeah. this year. But yeah, I mean, it's something to monitor. I, yeah, it's, again, not something a lot of people talked about after the race. Yeah, yeah. It's something to point out. One of the last things I want to get to <clears> in terms of, of St. Pete is just, uh, is there anything that surprised you? Anything that, like, any teams that didn't show up kind of the way you, you thought? I know we see, it's hard to look at results. I think a guy like Marco had a better car than his 13th. He had some, he got pretty unlucky with uh, yeah, like flat, flat tire. tire. Yep. And, um, what about, I mean, 
Graham, Graham looked like he had, they had a really good morning warm up session, and I thought maybe he might be able to do something in the top ten. Didn't really get in there. I don't know. Yeah, another flat that kind tire. Of yeah, yeah. I mean, Graham, Graham was trying to make some wild fuel strategy work there <laughs> in the middle because he had to. I mean, right. he had no, no yeah. choice. If, and honestly, with all that debris that was on the track at the end, you would have thought there would have been a yellow. Yeah, what happened? Um, there? I was one of those banners that they yeah. attached to the wall, and it affected it. It got to Hinch, I know. Yeah. So why, why? So why wasn't there a yellow? I think? I still don't know. Okay. Um. I mean, I love the idea of racing, but I think at some point you also have to be like, eh, there's a giant banner on the track, and probably the yellow would help our race. I mean, you can't think like that. How do we improve racing by throwing yellows? But there's legitimately stuff on the track. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know about that. I, I, I would have been calling for a yellow for it probably because I would have been off strategy and trying to make something happen. But that would have helped Graham a lot and it would have yeah. helped, you know, helped a lot of people. Um, so, yeah, definitely questionable on that. I mean, that could easily – I mean, it was so big that it could have easily got on a, wing, a piece of your wing or even in your radiator, blown up an engine. I mean, that could have cost people hundreds of thousands of dollars. So questionable on that. It was a sure. weird one too. I mean, and then the one – the other one was um – they, I mean, I, I get why they didn't throw the yellow on the one Bourdais pulled off track, but that kind of that, yeah. really, that really threw off power because Will went yeah, into the pits pitted. immediately, and, yeah. and and then I think that I don't know I would say that's the end of his race, but that that pretty much kind of locked it up or kept him out of the top two. I think. Yeah, I mean, IndyCar safety does such a good job. I think, and, and Bourdais was actually really uh, really smart in going that deep into the runoff, yeah. and and I think he knew his race was over. He was clearly on fire and exploding out the back of that thing. So, um, so yeah, I I, I get that, but it, but it's it's. It's the it's the knee jerk. In, I mean, the IndyCar races are so controlled by when those yellows are, are thrown that it's the knee jerk reaction. It's like it's like, hey, if we're gonna go yellow, you know, we need to pit because there were already guys that had pitted. You know what I mean? So they they would have jumped the field. Um, and I know on Alex's stand, they they actually didn't even think about it. I mean, it was it was one of those things where it was like, yeah, he's all right, he's out there, but let's just keep on running. You know what I mean? Because when you're at the front, it's hard to make those decisions because you have you know, there's a lot more risk than reward. Um, but yeah, I think IndyCar to safety did a really good job there. And then, and then the, the decision to not go yellow was good, but for the debris, yeah, I'm still on the side of throw yellow. Let's bunch everyone up and let's, uh, let's let them, let them have at it again. I tell you, I will tell you honestly, in the media room, we were all kind of hoping for that <clears throat> yeah. too, because I mean, it's not, not to take away something. Joseph <clears throat> earned what he got. Don't get me wrong, but it, yeah. that last part of the race, you'd like to see something exciting happen. Maybe make him defend it on a restart. It'd been fun, yeah. but. And then know. obviously we had, then, you know, yellows were sort of. We've, I almost thought yellows were going to start breeding yellows because we had the Jones accident and and uh, and Lace was in that in that as well, which is tough because that's that section of the track where Ed hit the wall on the inside. Oof, there's always there's always grip. The most grip is right next to the wall. The wall on the apex just straightens out for like two feet, and that is where the most grip is. And you have to be literally kissing the wall if you want to get the best run possible out of there. So I, I get I get what happened there. Um, but that was a huge, a huge impact. And I guess, I, I don't know what's going on with his hand, but, uh, I'm sure he'll be fine. But that's, uh, that was, that was a wild place because it's so blind as well. You saw a bunch of people nearly hit him. And so the four car got involved and Veach, he, I remember I was actually, I actually heard his radio right after that. And he was like, Oh man, did you guys see that? That was close. And it was like, he must've missed it by a, by a centimeter. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that was wild, but thankfully everyone was pretty Calm after that, calm enough to where there were no yellows. That's, uh, yeah, it was a big impact. Ed, yeah, that was uh, huge. What I learned yesterday was he went and saw a hand specialist. They think he's going to be fine for Coda, that he'll be able to race. Uh, Dr. Bellows said, go see a hand specialist just in case. Yeah. 
And he yeah, was, I was already texting Ed, so. Yeah, well. <laughs> Carpenter. <laughs> oh, I was going to yeah. oh, yeah. would have been another team I could have driven Interesting for. question. Yeah, so contractually with Andretti, that's that's okay? Uh, so basically, in my contract with them, they understand that, you know, racing is more important than anything, and they would have to approve it. So maybe they wouldn't approve it, but I assume they would because they're like, hey, we know you need to drive whatever it is, so. Technically, I could, yes. Is it awkward to text team owners when other guys hurt? Or how, what is I that hate like? it, yeah, because yeah. it's like, you know, whatever. But but you have to. I yeah. mean, you got to plant the seed because there's, there's 20 other, you know, gypsies like me. Like, hey, man, I got my helmet. And it's like, yeah, so do we all. You know what I mean? So it's – but I feel like realistically, like I have subbed for more than any other driver. So I, yeah. I – I'm I'm used to just jumping in and trying to you know do some work help the team if I can and so yeah I, I it's 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 a shame because you hate to take you know you hate to be the guy taken advantage of but you know teams still have to operate sponsors are still on those cars you know and 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 the mechanics are are paid to be there you know for the year so they got to keep their jobs so it's you know it's part of the game no it's a, yeah it's a reality of the situation I remember when Seb crashed at, at Indy a couple of years ago Dale was like my phone was blown up yeah and, and it not and it didn't most people didn't wait an hour it no was mostly just texting him and seeing what was going on and yeah know, I so. mean you just have to and I think uh, you get it I mean it's 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 part of the game and we, we drivers got to drive cars got to circulate and and uh, you got to keep the keep the show on the road. Uh, so, but so Ed Carpenter said probably mm. probably not looking for a. Subject. No, I didn't actually even text him. I was, oh, I thought you were because saying. I saw him in the gym this morning, yeah. and and I well I text some of the people that are that are close to the team there, okay. and and it wasn't at, it it they made it, it wasn't as I don't think it's as serious as people think. I mean, it's tough hands breaking stuff in the hands are are tough because these cars are tough to drive, but uh, yeah. But in no way is Ed Jones probably going to want me to be in his seat. I I don't think we have the best relationship, so I, I can't necessarily <laughs> see there any blessing there. Um, but uh, but I but I felt bad for him because that that play that corner is tough. I mean that's yeah. that can happen to anyone. And and uh, and yeah, that's uh, I think TK crashed there like two years, two ago, years ago or so. Someone right. there's always been at least one crash where someone hits the inside wall there yeah. because you're just trying to get that little run on that back straight. You teased our fans. What's wrong with you and Ed Jones? What's going on with you guys? Oh, I remember last year we had an Instagram beef because he drove me into the wall in Toronto. Okay. But, uh, but I mean, heck, it was just racing. And actually people loved the fact that there was social media controversy because who would have thought drivers would have some sort of differing opinions on things? I, we love social media <laughs> controversy. I know. Features, I think media, it's great. We're all, we're all fans of it. So. And it was actually kind of funny. I mean, you know, we just we, we went for it. Why not? Yeah, no, I did I, that sounds fine to me, but well, yeah. I'm glad. Like I said I think broken finger. He should be fine, but this is actually a pretty good transition because we all want to talk about Coda now uh, going yeah. into a couple of weeks. Not going to be nearly as tough on the drivers, I would think, right? I mean, as as what we just saw at St. Pete in terms of the physicality of the race. Or I don't know. I mean, longer straights, so more rest. Right. Yes, uh, but that track's got you know a million corners, okay. so so there is a lot, and 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 I'm curious to see you know tire deg there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think once everyone's got the first race under their belt, they feel a lot better. Uh, and obviously they tested here so that they, they know what's going to go on. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I think the, the big, the big question is, is Colton going to be as fast as he was? Uh, honestly, the guy super impressive in St. P. I mean, finishing eighth. I mean, that's great. That's and awesome. And almost having a, a fast six spot in qualifying. Yeah. I mean, almost getting there. So clearly, you know, the Austin test was not a fluke. Um, I mean, Nathan O'Rourke, the engineer there, they've got some incredible human beings over there working on that car. Um, you know, some of the guys that were working on my car, and it's really cool to see them, you know, 
getting getting rewarded for all the hard work they put in with you know with 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 uh, you know with last the last two years, um, and uh, and obviously that you know there's an incredible partnership that they've got a part they're they're with now um, with Edretti, but uh, but yeah, Colton did a, an awesome job, and I think he's going to be. I mean, honestly, I didn't pick him in fantasy IndyCar in St. Pete. I was like, all right, well, we'll give him a weekend to yeah. see what I'm probably going to pick him in fantasy IndyCar in Austin. I just <laughs> think it's I think it's it's definitely going to happen. Who did you pick? Just out of curiosity, I didn't do it this week. Well, so. I cl- well knowing how my life goes, I picked uh, Hunter Ray and, and uh, Bourdais. Oh boy, so, hey, that's the curse then. Not a not a good move on my part. Yeah. Um, and then definitely two other guys that had problems. So I think I scored pretty low. Okay. Yeah, so Curtis should be scared that you're going to pick him next. Well, week. No, I, let's 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 think positively. <laughs> I think you know I'm my gambling record just isn't great. That's all. <laughs> all right, yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you because you, you brought this up in the last uh, podcast that we did was spring training or not spring training, but preseason testing. It's easy to look too hard into those numbers and and try to glean too much out of them. So I got yeah, we got the results in front of us here. We saw Herda, the rest of the top five in terms of uh, combined results were power. Elio Castroneves uh, turns yeah, a quick right. laps there, so that's fun. And then Felix and Scott. And then you got the Alex at six, or at seven, Simon at six. So, I mean, yeah. Penske's fast, Herta was fast. But again, should we should we read too much into this? I mean, we saw Hinch down at 12, and I think he's the first. Oh, 11, 12 yeah, for the Schmidt I mean, guys. I don't know. What do you think? I, I think it, it, it's still hard to judge from, from preseason testing, but Felix Rosenquist ended fourth at Austin. He finished fourth in the race. Uh, Colton Hurdo was in the top tens. Ferrucci finished ninth in the test. He finished ninth in the race. Um, you know, so some similarities. Yeah, so there are some similarities for sure. But you got guys like Joseph down in thirteenth, and Hunter Ray down in fifteenth, and you know the, I mean Jack Harvey down in seventeenth, and Jack, you know Jack nearly made the fast six. So there's there's going to be always times like that. Um, but you know Austin, I think will be a better race because the the draft in these cars, I think, is going to be better. Um, who is going to take that chance on downforce? Uh, because there will always be one guy with a straight that long. You know, you're, there's always going to be one guy. You're going to look at that, the grid that's three holes less rear wing than anyone else, and you're like, how the heck is that going to work? And you might as well give it a shot. You know what I mean? So, I think uh, that'll be really cool to see. I can't wait to actually walk the grid and see. Uh, all right, who's going to really take a shot here? Who's going to really, you know, lay that wing down and see if they can't fly down the straight? Any guesses? I was going to say, who's the kind of guy that that would do that kind of thing? Uh, Marco Bordet, uh, maybe, maybe Canon. Okay. Um, but I'm not sure. Everyone else, other than that, you know, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> maybe Graham. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, I, yeah, I just like to see. I like the. Uh... The, the forecast, the, the, like the guesses are kind of fun to see who might actually give that kind of thing a try. I mean, those, oh, yeah. those are guys who are kind of known for taking some risks. Yeah, exactly, they... yeah. I mean, we did it. We we did it in 16 in Coin with, at, the, at the Grand Prix. We did it at Road, Atlanta, or Road America, uh, and we were flying down the straight. But it was, you know, we, we got to the – we were running the front Road America. We were running the front at Indy, so it worked. Yeah. But we started, like, like last in both of those scenarios. Well, not at Road America, but – and GP of Indy, so it it works if you can if you can make it happen, but it's tough on the tires in the long run. Do the bigger teams, do the do the guys who have been around more, uh, the guy with more experience, they have an advantage going to a track no one's been to before? And I know again with spring training here, but I'm just curious in terms of you know you're gathering more data, you're you you got you got more people kind of analyzing that data. I was wondering in this race, without having been there last year, do these the, do the do the big teams kind of have an advantage going into the into the day? I think they always do. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's it's hard to go up against those guys, but um, but you never know. There's also guys that are going to be rolling dices on setups after the test and saying, "Hey, 
you know, this, this didn't exactly work for us at the test. So we're going to go another way. And, uh, and all of a sudden that happened. I know, I know for a fact at St. Pete, you know, there were a couple cars working on stuff, working on stuff, working on stuff, new stuff for this year. And they ended up having to go back to what they were in last year and, uh, and it worked. So, um, that's the benefit of that morning warm up. You know, that morning warm up, I think I'm so pro warm up because, uh, it gives you that opportunity to sort of try that last thing that you're like, ah, should we, should we do it? And I know for a fact, I won't name any cars, but a couple cars, you know, a couple teams were, were, were doing that. And, and, and they, they, they ended up a lot happier for the race than they were after qualifying. So I think that, that's an interesting thing. And no one has last year info from, from Austin. So all they have to go by is the test. So I'm sure it's going to be interesting to see how, who develops their car the best. I am a fan of morning warm-up for different reasons and just that. I think it's great for fans to be able to come oh, out yeah, race yeah. day and see yeah. some cars on track in the morning. It, they have something to go watch. And I know last year they, they shipped away a bunch of those, uh, those morning yeah. warm-ups. I think some of them are coming back. I really I have to look into what exactly happened there. Yeah, but. at the driver's meeting in January, there were like five dudes that voted against them. And some of them were not surprising. Okay. <laughs> some of them were surprising. Joseph voted against uh, voted against warm-ups. And I was like, man, I thought Joseph, I, I, I mean, you're, you're a driver. You like driving a lot. Who knows? But... But yeah, it was interesting. I think I'm glad though it was more everyone wanted the warm ups because that was like a democratic vote of like, hey, all right, here we go. Are we, we got, doing it? Yeah, yeah, we're doing it. And, and most it seemed them? like er, er, most people wanted warm ups. Okay, good. And including me, I was all in on warm ups. I, I think it's better for the fans, and then that's that's yeah. something we got to be. Um, more track time, the better. Like, yeah. who cares? Like, like you get on track. You know what I mean? What do we? What do we get? What do we do? We drive. So let more sessions on track, the better. You speaking of fans, I thought I thought I don't know. You, St. Pete looked. M- Bigger, great. more fans than I thought, like more than the last couple of years I've been. I, a lot of nice people. I yeah. mean, I, 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 I couldn't believe the amount of people. And obviously, you know, I, I, I've been, I'm super thankful for everyone's support. There's so many people down there that are, you know, can't believe you don't have a full time ride, all this stuff. And I appreciate that. I mean, it, it means a lot. It's, it, it's still, you know, it is really hard for this whole not having a ride situation is really hard. I was walking around with RJ Hampshire, uh, one of the supercross riders for Honda. And, uh, the amount of people that were just, that were trying to, you know, were talking to me every, you know, every five feet and he looks over, he's like, man, how do you not have a full-time ride here? Like, it's just genuinely like, you know, it's sort of, it's just sort of something that it's, it's an odd thing to do. Right. But like any other sport, you know, someone who's, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm, you know, some wizard of driving here, but I think I've, I think I realistically, you know, I've done a few decent things and. And, uh, and, and it's, you know, to have a lot of fan support as well, it can only help the series. So I, it's tough. I just keep telling them, yeah, shout at your nearest owner. Um, you know, but, but it it is what it is. A lot of people actually didn't know that I had a 500 ride either. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm driving for Andretti. They're like, what? (laughs) I was like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. And they're like, oh, wow, it's awesome. You know what I mean? So, so that was, that was cool. But a lot of great people down there. St. Pete's such a great place to kick off the season. Um, everyone loves it. I mean, a bunch of my friends from Indy came down. It was like an adult spring break. You know what I mean? People are down there just getting lit up and having a wonderful time. And uh, you can't complain about that. A nice place, nice beach, bars everywhere, nice restaurants. I thought it was great. Oh, man, I'm telling you, eating out, I, I, my first night there, I ate I, eating outside. I forgot how much I, oh. I missed that. Just just being able to walk around outside downtown. Amazing. Oh, it's so nice. It yeah. Was, and then we come back to Indy and it's Yeah, it's freezing. 45. Yeah. Left my coat in my rental car, so that was, that oh, was a nice man. way to get back to the airport. That, I came back in a T-shirt still. Yeah, no coat? <laughs> no coat. Oh, brutal. Walked outside, bad idea. Yeah, bad idea. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's get to the topic of the week. The one that uh, this is kind of one of those things that oh, I, yeah. I want to talk about because it really—I'm you know, just going to be frank about it—really it pissed a lot of people off. Um, 
Roger Penske and Tim Sendrick, I should say, make sure I get him in there, the uh, president of Penske Racing, have both said what a lot of owners have been kind of talking about recently in regards to the Indianapolis 500. They want to see uh, full-time cars locked in, don't have to worry about bumping. Um, they believe that there should be – I'm going to explain their side of the argument, and then I know you're going to go. So yeah. the, the, their side of the argument on this is that um, they are the ones that support the series all year. They are they, they put on the show the other 16 races. They're part of the leader circle. The leader circle should have some benefit, and that should be one of them. They said that uh, what happened to a guy like James Hinchcliffe shouldn't happen because, again, he's a very important part of the show. Arrow is a very important part of – a very important sponsor. You need to make sure they're happy. And again, you can always we'll go into the argument that Arrow did double down on, on Schmidt. But their point is that essentially that this is financially your season can be wrecked in, ter- uh, in terms of if you miss the 500 and don't get that money that that uh, that comes mm-hmm. with racing the 500. So they and I believe, you know, we heard from some of the guys at Andretti last year. I think we heard some guys at Schmidt last year, even though that was Piers and he's not there anymore, but he was at Ray Hall. Anyway, a bunch of teams seem to be for this not a big surprise since they are the full-time teams um so yeah where are you on this one because a lot of fan most fans were pretty pissed to hear about this yeah i mean honestly uh, i i roger and tim incredibly smart people obviously i mean <laughs> they are the, the the biggest you know biggest human beings in all of motorsport right some of the some of the most you know successful and smartest people out there um and and i totally get it i mean this is a business and it's more of a business now than any any other time in the sport i mean we get it we are everyone is nickel and diamond everything and we gotta you know gotta make sure we can pay for it because we all love racing um but in the end there's there's got to be a a cash flow scenario and the indianapolis 500 is the biggest flow of cash that we've got all year right um you know the biggest prize money by about a lot uh, you know, a hundred and hundred and seventy grand more to start that race than there is to win a normal race. So, you know, that's that's a lot. That's a significant part that's of the a budget. Significant part of the budget. Um, so, so I get it, but but it's also you know you, you have to look at it from any other driver. If if there was a let's, I mean, Fernando Alonso, for example. Yeah, he he would not fit into this. So. so. Uh, I'm we're we're guys that are just going to show up at Indy. Both me and him. Um, there will be many others that are doing the same thing. Um, Fernando Alonso is obviously quite a talented driver, so let's use him as an example because I don't want to use myself because everyone. Would, I'm sure there will be some people that would disagree. But if you have like a guy like that who's trying to go up against these bigger teams and out qualify them, and then somehow if these guys are guaranteed provisional spots, and then what? Fernando Alonso is not going to make the Indy 500 because. He outqualified a bunch of these guys, but they already get in. You know what I mean? I, I think it's it's an odd scenario because it's certainly for young drivers too. Yeah. How hard is it to raise funding? Well, nearly impossible. And if you somehow happen to do that and you get your shot at the Indianapolis 500, and you're a really good up and coming driver, you know Sage Karam even as well, very talented guy. I think every year he's super fast at Indy. We all know that. Um, and that's his one shot to go out there and give it a run. Uh, and <clears throat> I think there are a lot of really talented guys that actually only get one shot at Indy. Um, so I, I just, I can't see that working purely because we have to have our fair shot at, at, at beating the guys that we know we can beat. There are a lot of full-time drivers who there are, are, are probably not at the level that some guys are come trying to, you know, compete for this race. Yeah, I think that's right? a fair thing. I think we there are all drivers, know yeah, that true. there are certain drivers there that, you know, there's not an NFL draft every year. We're not drafting the best drivers into the into the field every I th- year. I think most people know that 
finances play a big part in IndyCar yeah. racing, and then there are some guys on the outside looking in who are possibly more talented than some of the full-time yeah. drivers. And and we, you know, we want to get our shot, right? This is our one shot. This is you spend 364 days waiting for your one chance at to be a part of the IndyCar series, right? And very difficult, but uh, but that's it. So I don't know. I, I think it messes with history. It messes with yeah. um, you know the the pure competition side of what we're trying to do, which is put on the best show possible. Um, and honestly, I don't think Roger's got to worry about making the Indy 500. Well, yeah, I, I, I think. I, I mean, I know in the past there's been situations. He came up to me last year and he's like, "Oh man, we went through that in the '90s. That was crazy or something." When I was like, "Yeah, man, it was hard. I mean, it was wild." And he was super cool about it. He's like, "Ah, right, great job. You know, you made." It. I was like, "Hey, thanks. I appreciate that." But. Um, but I think in this current era, uh, they're fine. And, and and a lot of the guys, you know, the Hinch, Hinch, Hinch last year was a huge surprise, right. right? That was, I mean, very, very surprising. But but you, you, you just never know. You know, 2011, you know, same thing. A lot of, you know, Andretti cars struggling, um, which you would have never thought of. No. Um, so, yes, the possibility is always there. But that's, that's why racing is exciting. Well, I mean... Well, I, I just I still I don't get it. I'm like no, no one's guaranteed to make this race. I mean, this is what this is our biggest event of the year. This is Super Bowl. It should be the best of the best. It should be. I don't care if it's bad luck. You know, at some point, you know, some crazy stuff is going to happen, and you just got to be, and you got to do the best you can to be on the right side of it. Okay, so then I want to go back to one point I think is really interesting because I think you know Roger and and some of the other guys are talking about is protecting the business side of their teams. Of but course, what, yeah. What you're saying, and I think this is interesting, is you might be um, ruining the business side of, of, of Indy in that... So I, I guess my question is, will you disincentivize people from coming to Indy if they know 25, 24, 25 spots are locked in already? I would say so, yeah. I mean, because I've brought new sponsors every year to the Indianapolis 500. We had, you know, we had Smithfield, we had the Air Force, um, you know, two big companies. Obviously, the Smithfield deal went up literally in flames, so they never came back. But the Air Force, they they loved that that you know that fact that we were you know fighting fighting for everything we had you know to get in, and and now they wanted to, they invested more in the sport by being a part of it. So you're gonna have guys that show up in these one-off entries with new sponsors, with sponsors that maybe not have been in IndyCar before, and and maybe with that feeling of being in the field, maybe that helps the sport in general because I think having more sponsors, no matter what team they are, is probably gonna help the sport overall. Yeah, I well that's right for me, and as we've talked about before i just don't like bumping in general so i would be like bring all the like sponsors bumping. 35 people 36 people let's start them all for well, the that's part. wrong <laughs> I, <laughs> I know that's I, wrong and, and you know what it, it does mean something to me that you're saying that because again i my my biggest thing is the business side of it yeah and, and if you think that sponsors will continue to come despite being bumped then then i guess i should believe you because you're the one yeah. that's out there trying to get them but i it, it frightens me when you have a, a car that's bumped but again you know the evidence we well like, pippa made it back and, and, and yeah. apparently every one of her sponsors from last year is coming exactly. back again right back on arrow doubled down so maybe doubled i'm wrong down. maybe i'm yeah. maybe i'm wrong to worry about it but that's just where i'm where i'm at so yeah it it does make sense and then yeah i, I do want to get to the history of it because yeah yeah um, that's something that's really important to fans and that's the biggest response i got on twitter was just that the 25 and 8 thing happened during the split and a lot of people really have, and this is not. I, I, I should. This is not what this is. They're yeah. not. This is not the split. This is not one league locking out another league, um, and trying to anger a lot of people. But it does have. It does share some similarities, and I think it brings up a lot of bad memories from. Yeah. From that time, so I get it. Um, but all right, well, it's it's going to be. I, I just think I think there's a lot of most of the team owners. If, if, all right, here's here's if Roger Penske wants something, let it out. Doesn't he usually get it? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> 
Rogers, you know, he, I mean, he's like, uh, you know, he's he's quite a big guy in the racing world, I've heard. So yeah. <laughs> I think he, they're certainly going to listen to him. Yeah. But I think, honestly, Jay Fry uh, is, is, is a really uh, strong leader of a series, right? Okay. So he's... He's going to take that information and maybe he'll see, okay, what can we do, uh, you know, not entirely ruin it, but maybe maybe there is something we can adjust. Okay. But I I just don't see how it will work. I, I don't see how you can guarantee anyone anything. Um, we do give, you know, there are already, you know, provisional runs for people who would blow an engine, you know what I mean? Like everyone is going to have a shot, mm-hmm. right? Like like you're going to get your shot. It's not like if you blow up your engine in the in your first run, you don't get a shot because there is, you know, there is a guaranteed run to try and make the field. So it just becomes harder, but you know, that's why it's racing. Racing is hard. Yeah. It's not it's very difficult and and a lot of bad things can happen to you even and and you might not even be related to the driver, you know what I mean? So so I think it's just I I understand it. Completely. You know, if I was a full season driver, yeah, I'd want to be guaranteed in that too. But from being an outsider most of the time, uh, you know, you got to have, you, you got to have everyone having a fair shot because honestly, if you get Kyle Larson's or the, or the Kurt Bushes yep. or any of those guys coming through, the big one off guys or any more Formula One guys who want to come over and do it for one, one off effort. And suddenly, as we're obviously getting more and more entries, you know, we got 36 maybe people are saying, uh, definitely not more not, than that. Not 38. No, definitely not 38. 100%, no, 100% not 38. <laughs> but every year we are going up. So, what, I mean, what are you, if you're going to get 40 cars again, you're going to say, yeah, well, you're actually only qualifying for eight spots. It's yeah. like, what? Like, what, how does that work? You know what I mean? I can tell you that you have a very staunch defender on this in Mark Miles. Mark Miles yeah. likes to keep it the way it is. And he, yeah. again, speaking of people who have control in this sport, Mark Miles is actually. He's also quite up there. He's I've pretty heard. high yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah he's got nice some fella. Yeah. I will. Uh, last thing is that you said there might be some middle ground here. I know Hinch talked last year about it on his podcast about maybe calling it like kind of like an all star race or maybe at least maybe then maybe not making it a double points race. That way, if you do miss the yeah. show. You're not your championship. I think the double points thing is a bunch of crap. I'm honestally, hundred percent with you. But also, it, also, something Mark it took Miles away is very the rookie of the year about. from me. It's way. It's like I, I mean, obviously Alex won the five hundred. He deserved to be rookie of the year. But like, it, it, I had no chance the rest of the year. Yeah. If you don't finish one double points race, it's like, yeah, you might as well go home. Well, he so. got a hundred just from winning it. Yeah, and then exactly. I'm sure there was lap. Well, I don't know how many laps he led, but anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a big thing. But again, that's another thing Mark Miles is very passionate about is double points. So I don't know if that's going away anytime soon. Um, but speaking of Hinch, I wanted to bring up this real quick. This is a separate um, topic because he did bring that up on his podcast, and you got a chance to visit with those guys, yep. him and uh, Rossi on, on Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Great um, podcast. This is an ad read. Thank you, guys. We love you. <laughs> I was going to try to disguise it so people didn't know it was an ad read, but no, right, we were, we're b- big fans of those guys. Ask Off Track. <laughs> download on iTunes. And, yeah, wherever you can download internet things, yeah, go for it. But did you uh, – let me ask you real fast. Did you have some fun? Did you have some fun <laughs> with those guys or no? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I, obviously James is one of the biggest personalities in the sport. We get that. Uh, I didn't see him at all over the weekend, which is kind of sad. Uh, but I did hang out with his fiance, and she was very nice, and we all had a wonderful time. Um, and uh, yeah, they're awesome. Alex is Alex has his personality is is growing every day, which yeah. is great. I think people love that. People love to hear more from him because uh, he is a genuinely entertaining human if you can you know if you can get it out of him so i think i think he's he's getting better and better and he loves he loves our fan base obviously so it's pretty good and tim is just tim is tim so he's funny 
and he does he does funny things. Yes, and at that, I was I think the the best part of the show when I listen to it is you get to hear you, you, like you said you kind of know who Hinch is. He's kind of that guy all yeah. the time. But Alex, that that wry sense of humor comes out and steps it right up. Yeah, he does. He does. You get to learn more about him. So download on iTunes. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it every time I listen to it. And I know occasionally they have some really really cool guests like Connor Daly. Sometimes, so, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, not all the time. Sometimes they just <laughs> do it by themselves, and or sometimes it's just Tim and Hinch. But they do right. a good job. So um, all right. Last part of the show, we're moving on to your Twitter questions. Thank you for sending them in. Again, if you're uh, listening now, if you just tweet at Connor and I at uh, the hashtag IndyCar Weekly, we will see your questions, hopefully, probably. Yes, and maybe. We will, and we will uh, talk about them, read them. So we're going to start with the first one from Karmic Fast, which is at hashtag uh, GetWellWickens. Uh, at Karmic Fast. Okay, yeah. All the above. Fast one. Yeah. yeah, got it all. All right, sorry. It's a long name. Um, all right, Connor. This is your first one. This is a non-racing question. If you could have, if you could ask one person a question, who would be the person, and what question would you ask? And they have to give an answer. Um, I'm thinking, uh, like, let's say World War II era generals or 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 presidents. I, I like history. Okay. So I can't name necessarily one person. But I would like to be, uh, you know, talking to like a guy, like like one of the major general dudes that were out there in the wars. Okay. You know, hey, what's going on here? How did how, how did we get to this point? Um, I think that would be kind of cool. I'm a big history buff, so I, I would I, I'm a big big documentary guy. Okay. So like, love watching old war documentaries and stuff like that. I gotta say that my first instinct. Or is, go ahead, James Hunt. Oh, that's a good one too. <laughs> Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. I have so many questions <laughs> for James Hunt. So many questions. Mine, on, I mean, now that you've said that, and like I said, this is my first instinct on it, was if I, if I could Lee Harvey Oswald, I need to know. Oh, yikes. I'm a big, yeah. I'm a big conspiracy, Ooh, guy, conspiracy big theory conspiracy guy. conspiracy guy. Yeah. I, Aliens, uh, full on. Here okay. we go. I love, yes, yeah, so I love JFK. <laughs> I, watched, I watched that movie probably once a year and get like just super into it. And then, yeah, when we go to Texas, I go to the, I go to the, JF, you know, the... Um, Conservatory and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I love it. Big conspiracy theory guy. Big conspiracy didn't, theory didn't, guy. Didn't act alone. That's my theory. Didn't land on the moon. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> okay, let's not go that far. I talked to them guys in space once. That was pretty real. So yeah, they're, they're yeah. Floating. No, I know. I, they can go up now, but come on. 50 years ago. <laughs> I'm all in on the moon landing. <laughs> um, yeah, all right, fine. Moon landing's real. Moon landing's real. Whatever. I saw those guys. Yeah, cool I think stuff. It, I think it was on a movie stage, but that's fine. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Loser. Okay, uh, let's move on to Aaron Schaefer here. He's got a question for you at Aaron. What about uh, this one? Jo- oh, old Johnny Gallo? Oh, Johnny, yeah. Okay, oh, I'm sorry. We'll skip him. Yeah, I like, I like that one. You like this question? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was going to skip it because I know this guy, and he's you know, he's just, I think he was, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Oh, wait, never mind. I didn't really read it. Uh, hang on. Yeah, read the question. That is quite funny. You like it? Yeah, I'm going to yeah. read it for the read it for the fans then. How would IndyCar or you read it for the fans? Okay, how would IndyCar change if at the end of every race winners had to perform one perfect parallel parking job? If the winner fails, hit a cone. The runner up gets a chance until someone does it perfectly. How much would this improve the sport <laughs> slash emphasize different skills? Um, you know what, Johnny? <laughs> I think you'd see a lot of embarrassing moves, but you would also see some incredibly talented parkers because I think there are some people like me who have to actually park our own cars, but you have the really incredibly talented and rich drivers who have probably never parked a car because they do valets all the time. So <laughs> I think that is going to be a difficult thing for the front runners, and you might see some, uh, you know, some some guys at the back who, you know, are driving Subarus uh, every day. Uh, you know, just absolutely 
nail the parallel parking job. So there you go. I will say that I would love to see a race car driver skills challenge in regular cars. No, I don't know about that. Parallel parking <laughs> being one of them. No, you don't want to see that? I don't I don't maybe. Just like we'll I said, see. parallel we'll parking. All-star weekend. Yeah, exactly. Just have a little fun. But all right. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you <laughs> answered that question. Me he's, too. He's going to be thrilled. All right. Aaron M. Schaefer uh, wants to know. He just wants to hear your thoughts on Chili Bowl. Chili Bowl, incredible event. Uh, I actually saw two people wearing my Chili Bowl shirt down at St. Pete. Love that. Um, a lot of fun. I plan on doing that again uh, next year. Uh, definitely going to do the BC39 again. Uh, probably Illinois Midget Week, I think. Um, so, uh, yeah, loved it. Incredible event. Not enough track time. Uh, I think they need to re-figure that out. <laughs> a lot of cars, but if you're going to be there for seven days, uh, I want to do more than 35 minutes on track. So, <laughs> Uh, but hey, maybe that is what it is. But I, I, I loved it. Uh, learned a lot. Uh, met a lot of great people. Um, so yeah, definitely gonna do it again. All right, I'm skipping one question because I need to look up uh, who it is. I think that next one I didn't copy in the uh, the Twitter handle. Oh yeah. So I will get that in a second. But here, so I want to skip on to the next question from Chris Hoffman, the Hoff Three at the Hoff Three, and he asks, Do IndyCar teams have drivers like our reserve drivers like F1 teams do? I'm thinking if IMSA had a race at the same track which is what we do have that at Long Beach, during the same weekend, someone like Roger Penske would surely ask Elio to stay behind for Sunday just in case. Is that something that you could see actually happening while I look up this other question? Well, I, I don't think so in that scenario because, like, if, if IMSA, you know, Elio is contracted to the IMSA team, so, you know, he's obviously they're obviously trying to pursue a championship for, you know, for Acura. So um, I, I just I, I don't see that working because – He's got to be fully committed over there, and that's doing all their practices and all that stuff. And then if, if somehow there was a you know an injury to one of their guys, uh, yeah, they would probably put Elio in. I, I could see that. that could happen, yeah. But that's that's going to be tough. I mean, there's got to be some really close conflicts there. I think there are more. Um, you know, obviously they they went with you know they they went with Servia back when Will Power got got injured, and Servia is always at the race, just like me. And um, you know, I would love for them to call me sometime if they needed that, but. I don't know about that, but uh, I feel like I've got a little bit more experience now than I would have had previously. But um, but yeah, I I mean technically I sort of see myself as an Andretti reserve driver, but I also just sort of see myself as a reserve driver for anyone because technically I in my contract I can you know I could drive for anyone if there was a situation like that if okay. Andretti approved it. But you know realistically, if Andretti had an issue and then there was you know something that happened, some guy got super sick or injured or whatever. Yeah, I mean I think. I would have to think that they would go with me because yeah. I'm already in the stable. I'm already working with them, and my you know my sponsors are on their cars as well. So, so that, no, they don't have anything like that officially because you know it just you know in Formula One it's kind of a thing. But for us, I mean, you know, what do you do? What do you get out of it? Nothing yeah. really. IndyCar nothing. doesn't really have like that. It doesn't have. Uh, that's kind of like a minor league thing, and they have that with Indy Lights. Is kind of what yeah. IndyCar does instead. Is, well, cause not, not really. I mean, you got I, I, Indy Lights. I mean, Indy Lights is nowhere near the level of you know. Well, it, not yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, because because F one. I mean, some of those reserve drivers. I mean, heck, Marcus Erickson's a reserve driver this weekend for you know for, yeah. for Sauber, and he's raced for them before. And and uh, and and you got a couple of the GP two guys, and GP two is a little bit closer to F one and stuff like that. So. So yeah, I, I don't know. The reserve driver thing's weird. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say I'm a reserve driver, okay. but uh, but yeah. Yeah. All right. That's that uh, makes sense. All right. I found it. We got it's Andy Merrick at Merrick Speed wants oh, yeah, to know. Yeah. Uh, he wants to ask me what uh, what thing do you still get most excited about with covering for IndyCar? And then for you, what do you guys do after sessions at the track with your teams? I.e., what's in the infamous end of session debrief? And then what do you do to chill at the track? Or do you? Do you not chill at the track? <laughs> All I can do now is chill. <laughs> 
Um, well, you can answer your your question there first, Jim. All right. For, <clears throat> most excited thing about covering IndyCar? Um, that's a that's a big broad question. I don't know. I guess the 500. I mean, it's just is that is that? I mean, maybe a cop out answer, but no, no, that, that morning starts super early for me. We get here at like five or six in the morning, and we do like our live show, and it's like a two hour live TV show that we do, and. I don't know. That kind of gets me going. I like the yeah. adrenaline of that. We got a guest on the show. It's a lot of fun. And like I said, that, that to me is like the best part of it. I mean, it, I don't know. I, there's nothing. I mean, you can obviously speak to this, but there's nothing like being in a place with 300,000 oh, people. Best, yeah. yeah. I mean, that feeling is incredible. So, and That's I don't, I don't even drive the car. I just get to cover it. But yeah, it's still, uh, it's still an incredible feeling to see that many people and watch that many people care about, about one race. And oh and, yeah. Yeah. It's the stuff that we care about. Exactly. Yeah. So, all right. So that's my answer. I copped out with a 500 answer, but that's okay. <laughs> what do you guys, uh, so what, what goes on in the debrief and, uh, what do you do to chill at the track? Well, I mean, I think, you know, certainly in, in the Andretti scenario, they got a lot of drivers. Um, so I think they all, they all do their own thing, but they all have, you know, they all obviously have access to each other's data. They all, they're looking over that. Um, you know, the engineers are communicating with each other about what worked in a session, what didn't. Um, and at the end of the day, which is the only meeting that I'm allowed to attend, um, is the is the is the post day debriefs you know so all the drivers and engineers in the same room uh everyone goes through their day you know talks about what changes worked what didn't uh, because even if you get all that information on the fly you know there are still some things you might have missed uh and there are still you know the other engineers can hear what the other drivers thought about these things okay. um which is super important because it you know it, it'll sort of dictate what you want to do the next day it's like all right well if that worked for them maybe we'll give it a shot or if it didn't work for them you can at least eliminate it off your list um, because there's a lot of things you can try, and having four cars and four good drivers to do it is really important. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot there, honestly. There's a lot of interacting. Uh, you know, I know Andretti is, is really, really good on, on having their meetings, it seems like, and, and, and pretty strict on the scheduling of that, which is super important. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of information discussed, a lot of, uh, you know, because, because technically, you got to be the guy as the driver to, you know, lead your engineer in the right direction. So okay. Okay. it's important, but you could also hear from your other teammates and be like, oh, well, maybe that sounds like something I would like to try. Um, and then what do I do to chill at the track? Oh, I mean, I, I, I don't really don't, I don't really do anything other than walk around, um, yeah. and get sunburnt. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, People, you know, the, a lot of the drivers, uh, you know, they've got buses, so I'm sure they just—it's it's nice to just get away, hang out for a few minutes. But I mean, for me, I, I was giving pit tours. I was, you know, I was going to talk to people, trying to do whatever I could. Uh, but mainly, thankfully, Andretti has hospitality unit, which is wild. Never been with a team that had that, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, to be able to go and hang out, and they have so many partners every day there, and all their sponsors and guys that that are involved with Andretti. So it's great to just interact with new people. It's packed there, um, all really the time. packed, and all the people were super nice about you know us being involved for the 500. So. Not a lot of chilling, uh, and, and all the full-time drivers, too. There's usually stuff going on every day. I mean, appearances, autograph sessions, um, you know, social media stuff, tweet-ups or whatever you got to do. You know, each manufacturer every weekend has has some sort of talk at their display for, you know, both Honda and Chevy. So there's a lot going on. Do you go – I have the one quick question because I don't want to go too far. But do do you did you like going out at night after after a day? Because I see some drivers that just go right back to the bus. Some guys I, – I, you know, I saw Will Power at dinner the other day after he won the poll. Um, just, yeah. I don't know. I mean, what's the – and is everybody going to bed pretty early in preparation for the next Well, day? I mean, it's, it's all part of the game, right? I mean, all of the, all the Andretti drivers had dinners with their primary sponsors on Saturday, uh, okay. you know, before the race, which Makes is sense. which is super important. But it's not late. You know, it's a 7-15 deal. I mean, you can get out of there early. Um, you know, I had dinner with the Air Force. You know, Mark was the U.S. Concrete. You know, Zach with his guys. So, so it, it's... 
you know, it's just part of the game, and it's not bad. I mean, it's a nice little meal. You get taken care of really well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, af- after that, all the, most of the drivers like to get back to their buses or hotels pretty early. Um, but realistically, you know, part of part of what the only reason we're there is, you know, because a lot of these guys are, are, are pitching in. So it's always yeah. good to be doing that. All right. Twinkie Rodriguez at Twinkie Rules. I like that name. I don't know why. Which, uh, <laughs> which driver and which team were you most impressed with at St. Pete with regards <clears throat> to performing beyond their expectations? Kind of touched on this earlier, but yeah, I I still say uh, Colton, um, definitely Colton Herta. Uh, I mean, he was he did a great job, uh, and I would say on the on the on the other end, uh, definitely Felix Rosenquist. I think Felix. I think we always everyone knew he was going to be good, and to be fair, I think I definitely said to a lot of people that he was going to be really good, mm-hmm. but he was really good, and he went out there and he took the lead from Will Power and uh, great move. Um, but, uh, you know, dark horse of the whole weekend, I think Jack Harvey was out there, you know, really hustling him and Hinch raced really well together. I don't know if a lot of people saw that, but man, they were beating and banging, hitting, you know, slamming fenders and, and that was kind of cool. So I think, uh, Jack for sure, Colton, um, and, and definitely Rosenquist. So basically, you know, young guys. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I'll throw in Verucci. It could have been a really bad weekend for Dale Coyne racing with, uh, Bourdais having the mechanical issue. And I still have no idea how he finished ninth. I, honestly. I mean, it's a, he did, I don't see, I didn't see it at all. <laughs> so all of a sudden he was just there. <laughs> he was just there at ninth. Yeah. Well, so I, I can't necessarily talk about it because I didn't see anything that happened. I will say performing above expectation. That's a pretty good spot. Uh, that's a pretty good spot. If he was only, if you're one behind or two behind Pagano and Hinchcliffe and those guys from the bigger yeah. teams, that's a good day. So that, that's, a, that'll be my quick answer. And I agree with the ones that you had. All right, so we're going to go on to uh, Michael Goodyear at M Goodyear 007, also a good name. What Is are your that thoughts? Actually, Michael. Oh no, good. Oh, that Goodyear. Goodyear, you're right. Because Goodyear. But. Scott Goodyear actually has a son named Michael Goodyear. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the red flag qualifying issues? This is going to be a good question. Is there a solution to fix this? Oh man. Is it even something that needs to be adjusted, or is there just something drivers and teams complain about when it catches them out, but generally support it in most instances? Depends who you ask. That's tough. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I I, I actually thought because I was I was with Alex's dad, and we were like, uh, wait, are we good? Like, I think that's okay. And I was like. Wait a second. I think they were supposed to get a guaranteed five minutes of green, but that's only in the second second round. That's only in the fast six, I think. Okay, well, someone told me it was only the second and third round. Oh, maybe it is the second round too, but the first one you yeah, don't get it. Because I think definitely yeah, in the right. second fast round you get sense. you get yeah. guaranteed five minutes. But but I mean that is exactly why. Like in my full two full years of IndyCar racing, um, you know, we would always go out. Double reds. We go reds, first set of reds, second set of reds. Because if, if something happens, it is it is beyond beneficial to be in the top 12 rather than 19th. You know what I mean? Because you, you can be 8th or 9th in your group, and that is bad. You know what I mean? That, that goes from the first half to way in the back of the second half. So I think it's so important to get out there and just slam a banker in. Um, it's very rare that you get two accidents though. Like, I mean, that was just, that was just ridiculous. People going out from their outlaps and stuff like that. That's kind of very surprising to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I do, I do think there should maybe be five minutes of guaranteed green in the first session. I, I, I thought that would have been really helpful because it really hurt a lot of people. Uh, and you got, you know, and then you had, you know, Ben Hanley in the top 12 too, which is wild. Yeah. But uh, that that obviously threw a big wrench in the race as well because a lot of people were kind of stuck behind him for a little bit, which yep. is which is racing. That's yeah, part of racing. Did. there was some traffic behind him though because yeah, yeah but yeah, about, but. but it's yeah, it's, that, that's tough. I mean, qualifying in such short time periods like that—that's why I I mean I still am always I err always on the side of double reds for for that first session. I think that's what Seb said at the end is like you know it stinks for the fans and for us and we didn't get a chance to show everybody what we got, but we also yeah. know the rules going in and something like that can't happen and we didn't yeah. go out early, so that's on us. I mean that. I, 
I think you're right. I think maybe the ideal solution is to go five minutes of guaranteed green. Yeah. Um, that way you can kind of solve it. But then again, it does kind of take out the strategy like you're talking about. Where no, then if there's five minutes of guaranteed green, you don't have to go out early anymore. Yeah. I mean, it, it's true. Yeah. So so I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that's a tough scenario. Every, everyone wants to get that first run. You know, the, the guys that are obviously, they know they're quick. They're going to go out on blacks, then go out on reds. Um, but if you get caught, you know, that that's that's tough. Yes, you save reds, but you go from starting potentially at worst 12th to 20th you know what i mean now there's 24 cars here that's a lot of cars yeah. so so that that's a that's a tough deal i i hated to see that because that's just like man if, if that you know if that were me that definitely would have been we would have not even been out at the right time or something but in in past i've always gone out in double red so i would have been probably pretty happy so yeah you would have been one of the guys that, that benefited yeah, from yeah. it so all right we got a couple i don't know i got a couple more on twitter that popped up but we can do we'll go Go back to um, actually. Let's move on to these Twitter ones because we already yeah. got a question from Karmic Fast, so we'll we'll save one for next week, maybe. Yeah. Um, let's see. Here is the one I wanted to ask. Is right here. I'm scrolling on Twitter now, so I'm gonna like, just vamp. I guess this is what I'm doing. Um, oh, Dan Gallagher at, at uh, R8. I don't know how you say this. R I R H I T M E zero three just asked. Uh, oh, he has a good dragon speed question. Said, "How hard is it to get off the ground from that kind of start uh, standing start?" So you kind of talked about that earlier that it's just really hard to put together a program that early. Man, it is. I mean, this there's so I mean, I, for the, you know, the rumor on the street was that, you know, they 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 actually had to start the practice sessions with full tanks because they they weren't able to refuel in, in pit lane. So, that's hard, man. I mean, it, it's tough to do that, but it's it there's just so many things. That's why last year, you know, when when part of part of my deal with the Tom Burns racing side, you know, he wanted to run his own car, wanted to run his own deal, start his own team essentially for that entry, and I said that is impossible. Like it's just, it's just in this day and era, you cannot show up to the track just with your own stuff and just go for it. And and you know, and and these guys, you know, are definitely obviously experienced team. You know, it's a very experienced team. They just won the LMP2 class at Rolex Twenty Four. They're doing really well in the WC series. So you know, they've got a lot of experience running race cars. But to but to do it in a different way, uh, you know, all, all you know, kudos to them. They they did a great job and they got the car out there. I think Ben. You know, Ben will learn as he goes. Ben's a good driver. I think everyone, uh, most probably the highly, highly underrated driver, um, certainly because we just don't know him. But, uh, but I always remember one of my friends at Alpine Stars back in the day. He's like, Ben Hanley is one of the best drivers I've ever seen. And that, that never got a real chance. So that's, that's, that's cool. Um, so I hope, I hope they continue to improve. I hope they, I actually hope they maybe, you know, reach out to other teams or, or, or maybe even, you know, try to start a technical alliance with someone. Cause I think that would really help them. Um, but who knows? That's what I always like. I, I, when I, when I talk about new teams, I always like to say what I love seeing what Meyer Shank did. Teaming up with <clears throat> yeah, that was great. It's just yeah. like, I think that's just the ideal way to get things going. If you, if you can, I know, I know that Absolutely, there's not always yeah. opportunities for that kind of thing. So, all right, final question. I'm going to rephrase this one, but I'll read it the way it was said, but Jonas Solero at Finch seventeen fifty wants to know what you think of um, Connor. I mean, I'm sorry, of Pato signing a twelve race deal with Carlin over the reported eight race offer Andretti and the pros and cons of it. Now, let me oh, let me just say, I don't necessarily think those two offers were on the table at the same time, and he picked Carlin over Andretti. I'm not sure that's what happened. So, I I don't. If you want to touch on the Andretti aspect, that's fine. But I really just want to know. I want to know what your thoughts are on twelve races with Carlin and how how he might do this year. I mean that that's a that's a very sore subject for me because it's it's when you say picking which deal it's it's not it's not always a case of picking which deal you know what I mean we I think the 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 thought that people had going into this that you know uh, he's got all these offers on the table and he, he turned down a full time ride to try and get with a I, 
I mean, it's it, that doesn't happen. You know, this guy is not. You know, he he's a really talented driver. Obviously, Indy Indy Lights champion. But pe- I think I think we got to remember that. Hey, this guy is still you know a, another young driver. That you know, there's not all. The, the, he's got scholarship. You know, he's got a lot of support for, from people, and that's awesome. But I mean, to turn down Michael Andretti, I mean, and and to also, you know, there was not, you know, not a lot of happy uh, feelings coming out of there. You know what I mean? I mean, that is possibly the the least intelligent thing that you could have possibly done. Michael, I mean, doesn't, Michael doesn't like being said no to. No, but but I mean, why? And, and, and I get and I get yeah. why. And I mean, it's like saying no to him twice because the Harding deal obviously ended up being a two, you know two cars associated with Andretti Autosport. So you know, we saw the benefit of that in Sonoma. Guy, the guy did a great job. Incredible, fast six, soap, super fast, and that was with Andretti Engineering. You know, Andretti pieces on the car. So if you assume now, we obviously know there's a lot of issues with Harding in the finding of the funds, right. which is That's- which is in the end what has to, what has to happen for racing anyway. But I just I think it's just such a sh- I mean eight races with Andretti Autosport. I mean, Ryan Hunter Ray accepted a deal with Andretti Autosport to race you know a few races. And I'm sure. Ryan Hunter Ray probably deserved full time right at the time, but there wasn't the money in place. And look where Ryan is now. Incredible relationship with Andretti, long term contracts, big sponsors, Indy Far Indy five hundred champion, IndyCar champion. I just I, I, I that's that almost makes me angry because if I I mean I <laughs> I would do you know, any driver should do anything they can to race with the top teams. Doesn't matter if it's one race or eight races or a hundred races. So you know, Carlin is obviously very good as well. I love Trevor. Great team there. Um, but but I but I think that's also going to be tough. I mean, that's that's Carlin running four cars essentially at Indy. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. And, and then with, they're still quite new. With the McLaren partnership, yeah. Exactly. So so I don't know, man. I, I, I think it's you know, the guy's gotta the guy's gotta do what he's gotta do, but but to but to you know, to piss off Michael Andretti and, and, and that's you know, scenario and it just seemed like a bit of a sour situation. Um, I just, I, I can't see how that was the right move. Uh, but he does get to do more races. I think a lot of people would say quality is better than quantity. Uh, certainly in my case, I mean, I've, I've always just gone for quantity. Um, but, uh, but that's all I had access to. Right. So he, you know, he's got a scholarship. He's a, he's the champion. Um, that's great. You know, everyone wants a full-time ride, you know, welcome to the club. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's tough, man. It's, it's tough. That's a tough scenario. I, I'm sure it was tough for him and his family as well. So I don't, you know, not, but I just, it's, I, no, I still can't believe it. There's tough sides of both. Uh, okay. So I'll, there's two things I want to say about this. Yeah. One is I, I respect the kid. He gave his word to hiring Steinbrenner. Yeah. That he was going to go full-time with them. <clears throat> and I respect a guy who doesn't want to, to back out of his word. If he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. That said, I think you were right about the opportunity that he had, and I wish I wish I've talked to Pato a lot. I wish you would have talked to more guys like you, and, yes. and more people who have experience in IndyCar racing, and just who could have told him, "Listen, these opportunities don't come around very often." Yeah. And so and, I mean, so like it came down to one of those things. Like it reminds me of your your pal Ed Jones. Yes. Um, when when he had he kind of gave his word to Coin a couple of years ago that he was going to go back there, but then he gets this offer from Ganassi. And even you know, he goes to Ganassi, and that and Dale wasn't happy about it, but Dale totally understood it. Absolutely. And I think this is kind of a similar situation. Yeah, uh, maybe. In, a, but, in that, but yeah, that was I, a better opportunity. 
It's just Maybe. tough, man. I mean, I think it was just it was definitely sad the Harding situation didn't work out because it looked great on the outside. Obviously, two really good young drivers together teamed up. I mean, and that would have you know that that was also a great partnership with Andretti. Um, so you know, but, but there was there was definitely just not the money in place to make that happen. I mean, Pato, uh, no one no one can guess on on who's got what kind of sponsorship behind them, but we obviously know he's got a scholarship, yeah, uh, which is not enough for the full season. Um, so just assuming he had that, there's there that's for another for a team to find another five million to run a car. That's a lot. That's a lot. And and obviously still, I think they're you know they're still trying to do that for Colton too. So so it, it it's tough, man. That's something you could you could you could butt heads on all day. But I just I mean it's great that he's got you know races. Twelve races for sure is is a solid amount of the season. Um, but man, I I mean, to, I I I can't see him ever driving for Andretti now in the future, which is which is hard. You eliminate one of the big three teams from your from your possibility in the future. Um, you know who knows? So he's obviously going to have to go out there, and I think he's probably going to be more motivated than anyone else to go out there and you know show why he you know why he thinks he deserves what he deserves, and and hey. Go for it. I think that'll be great. All right. Let's end on a more positive note than talking about this. Real fast. <laughs> let's go back to Coda before we end this thing. I just want to get you. I mean, I like predictions. Who's, who's going to win Coda? Yeah. Give me something good for Coda. Oh, go man. Out on a, go out on a ledge. Uh, I think uh, Rossi wins. Um, Rossi's definitely going to win. And other than that, I don't know. Okay. I think it's hard to say. You made a pick. I, that's fine. Yeah. I don't want to put too much pressure on you. I think the Schmidt guys are showing real some speed here. So I think they, if they keep the trend going, I mean, Hinch was, Hinch was hauling the mail in, uh, in St. Pete. So I wouldn't be surprised to see those three guys. Is Jack doing Austin? Is he? Is that part of his deal? Jack's doing, I don't know. Something like it's that. Like, well, if he's there or not, he's going to be quick. Right? Yeah. yeah. If, so he te- if he tested there, I assume he's going to race there. Okay. So. Yeah, that's a good point. I think yeah. he's probably going to race yeah, there. We're really be- educated. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, glad you. Li- hey, you know what? They stuck around to this podcast for for this long. They, yeah, they probably they know what they're getting. This is on yeah. them. So, so we'll see, man. I, I think I, I think Marco was was a was a dark horse. He was pretty. I mean, he made some people upset. We get it at St. Pete, understandable. Uh, but but I think he was really quick there at the end. He was running some really quick times, and uh, so I don't know. We'll see, man. I, I think. Pagino again. Pagino was actually one of those guys that actually had to come from the back in St. Pete. Yeah, rough because of qualifying. Yep. Rough qualifying scenario. And that guy was flying. He was, at one point in the race, he was really, really just turning some incredible laps. And uh, second year with this car, with his engineer, they figure things out in year two. So um, so I think Pagino is going to actually be, if, if, if he doesn't have any crazy red flags in qualifying, I think he's going to be up there. Okay. Oh man, I did. Now you, I have another. I have another question. So we're not ending right well. I just want to ask, what you think of? What you think of Marco playing games with Newgarden at the end of that? Uh, just trying, not. You letting, mean power? Not letting him around? Yeah, it was. Oh. I think it was power because Newgarden had already gone. Right or no? I thought it was Newgarden because Dixon was catching oh, up to him yeah, at the yeah, end. Yeah, you know, I, he did. He did it with power too. I think earlier, but I think that at the end, that's when Dixon closed the gap. I, I mean, he's got teammates, right? He's got teammates that are fighting for the, you know, fighting for the lead. So and, you're fine. You're fine and, with this as and, a. I mean, I, I would be very upset. I've been in that situation before where I've been upset with traffic. Um, but I, I, I mean, Marco's always been good to me, so I, I, I can't say anything. I think, I think you got to think of the team aspect here. Okay. This is a team game, and Marco's a great team player. Um, 
And you know, I, it's it's hard to say. Yeah, it's hard I, to say. That's well, tough. We That's saw. A tough one. We didn't know if there. Some playing, people will not like it. Of they course. didn't. And yeah. we were. We, I, I didn't know if it was a manufacturer. But it made the race closer. It did. <laughs> it, well, that was the thing because we saw Marco give him a hard time, Joseph, and then Graham let him right around. Yeah. Which, yeah so yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It can't be like. Honda and I don't know if orders. Marco was the last car in the lead lap at the time. I don't know either. You know what I mean? Because that's that's a scenario that you got to fight for. If you're the last car in the lead lap, you know he only finished one lap down, so he might have been the last yeah. car in the lead lap yeah. at the time. And that's something you can't give up. Yeah, you fight I mean, for it. Yeah. If you if you, you if the, you are still on the lead lap and there's a yellow, yellow yep, pff, race is entirely different. So you got to think about that scenario as well. Okay, well then you give it a pass to Marco, and I think I understand it too. Yeah. So all right. This has been a long IndyCar Weekly, but I think you got a lot of good stuff to listen to and, and look forward to. And uh, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it next week. I don't think this, this might be the podcast that has to make you have to suffice with for until after Coda. We got all, I mean, I don't know how much yeah. more could you possibly want? We previewed it, we gave you everything. Yeah, you well, this is a good meaty episode, so I think that's, that's important. Absolutely. All right. That's it for us then. Thank you very much, Connor, for uh, coming in here. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for listening. Thank you, everyone. This has all been the, all the support. It's Indi- really nice. IndyCar Weekly. I was going to say, do you want to shout out for sponsors again if you want to? Uh, You're always selling. I know that. Uh, at ConnorDaily22 on everything. <laughs> Follow my Twitch channel. We're going to stream every every week. It's going to be cool. Uh, go thank all your Air Force people that you see. Uh, and yes, that's great. Oh yeah, and I have a new sponsor announcement coming at the end of this week. Hopefully, we'll see what happens. Okay, there. all right, that's exciting to look forward to. Download, by the way, iTunes, SoundCloud, and we're working on getting our separate landing page. I know people are a little confused. If you're looking for it, if you're searching for it, it's on the Indie Star Sports Day podcast list, and I'm working on getting it just its own landing page. So just keep just just bear with us for a while. So all right, thanks for listening.